Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are John Salantano, our business editor, Sharp Smith, our technology editor, and Jim Fryer, our managing editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. The Q1 2022 issue is in production and will be available shortly. An annual subscription to Intelligence also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit insidetowers.com intelligence. So, gentlemen, you all went to Connect X this week. What are your thoughts? Well, Leslie, it was a, I thought, terrific show. I think uh, they said they had something like 3,000 in attendance, which, uh, according to Mr. Adelstein, was a, was a record for them. And, and all indications looked like that was certainly the case. And uh, I think part of it was, um, you know, a lot of people were, were, were glad to just get together again. And a, and a nice uh, collegial atmosphere, but but also to uh, um, swap information. Uh, and uh, the, the, I think WI did a, a really good job of, of putting together a, a program that uh, that covered uh, covered the wide world of towers. Um, John, what was your your take on it? Yeah, I echo that, Jim. I thought it was a great show. It was very well organized. Everything seemed to run smoothly. Lots of topics. You know, going into it, I was kind of puzzled as to why they had scheduled so many keynotes and, and panel discussions, but apparently they were all reasonably well attended. There was a lot of interest uh, across a range of topics and, um, and the feedback I was getting from people uh, um, afterwards that, um, you know, the, the sessions were, were quite good and quite informative. So uh, even our own panels, um, uh, certainly mine, uh, you know, we, I, we got really good feedback on it. I thought it went pretty smooth. We had pretty good attendance. And I know, Sharp, you, you, had, a, um, you had your panel the day before, and, uh, you know, that was well attended also. Yeah, a lot of interest in small cells. There, I think there's just a lot of different companies that are, that are working toward uh, providing small cells. And I, I think that the, uh, the industry is really in a – almost in a staging uh, area as far as, as uh, you know, new technology mm-hmm. and uh, new entrants. And uh, uh, so I think everyone is anticipating that, that uh, 23 is uh, going to be uh, uh, a, a year that, that things uh, really start to happen for small cells and uh, 24, things will go crazy. So, mm-hmm. uh, so 20, 2022 is a, a year that you're, uh, that you should really keep your eyes open and, you know, sort of like, uh, 2001 when, when, uh, when everybody was a dot com and you didn't know which dot com to bet on. Well, it's a little bit like that right now. Cause there's a, 
there's a lot of folks out there that are coming up with new and, uh, and interesting ideas and ideas that will make the small cell uh, industry work. And I think, John, you were saying before we got rolling that there was a lot of discussion about the uh, broadband deployment money um, when NTIA released the rules recently for how to apply for those, it looks like they're leaning toward fiber. And this is despite WIA, Nate, and CCA saying for months, look, it's not just about fiber. You have to consider wireless, satellite, other, right. you know, other right. technologies. Yeah, I think that was kind of a general undertone to some of the discussions that there was concern that despite the best efforts to um, uh, and, and advocacy to the um, FCC, that once the, the administration of the funding uh, got to the NTIA, it seemed to change a little bit and there was concerns about that. But I think the expectation is once the final you know, details on the various projects pan out, it'll become clear, you know, which, which is the best solution for particular applications. So um, it's not a done deal yet, but, um, um, you know, that concern was raised certainly as a, as a top point uh, in, in these funding programs going forward. And, and throughout the show also, uh, there were references all, all throughout as far as uh, this being Jonathan Adelstein's last appearance uh, at mm -hmm. the trade show. Yeah. Uh, in his role as the CEO and president of WIA. And uh, I think very much uh, that we can add our voice to that. I, I don't think we're, we're being uh, unjournalistic by saying that, uh, uh, you know, Jonathan's been a great source for us at Inside Towers uh, and has worked with us uh, with, with, without a hitch uh, over that time that he's, he's put together the, the association and his people have all been Terrific uh, as far as communicating with us and answering questions when we need them answered on a, on a quick basis. Uh, and he and I had, had collaborated on a podcast called Wireless Water Cooler, which obviously mm -hmm. we'll stop doing, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll miss that and miss his insights. And we certainly, uh, along with all the other powers that, that be there at the, at the Tower Conference, we, we wish Jonathan well and uh, his future endeavors with uh, Digital Bridge. Here, here. Yes, I used to cover Jonathan when he was at the FCC, and then um, now that he was at WIA, it was kind of like, oh, great, we can resume this. Um, so, yeah. Did he talk at all about his new position? You know, we had a chance. To, uh, he joined Sharp and I at lunch on the on the Tuesday, and uh, we're. I was asking a little bit about what he's looking forward to. And honestly, he's in a learning mode right now. Uh, he, he did say his role will be sort of policy assessment and recommendations on a global basis, but not so much in an advocacy role, but more as an advisory to the, um, the uh, digital bridge portfolio companies and, and what they're trying to do in different parts of the world and in different um, infrastructure uh, uh, endeavors as to what what the policy implications might be in 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 those type of investments and those types of deals. So he, he admitted he, he needs to learn more about the company. I offered to send him our copy of Intelligence that we did a profile on Digital Bridge, and he was he said he'd be happy to look at that. But uh, no, I think he's he's eager to to make the change. Um, 
and uh, it will be, um, a, a, I think, a big role for him. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But we'll certainly stay close to him, stay in touch with him and, uh, and see how he, uh, how he progresses. One of the big topics at the uh, trade show was NTIA. And I, I know, Leslie, you're working on a story about that for next week. I am. Uh, the two bills being considered in the House were uh, discussed at a hearing. Uh, depending on when this airs, they were discussed at a hearing this past week. Uh, one, one is uh, the uh, a codification act and then the SMART Act, which stands for Simplifying Management, Relocation and Transfer of Spectrum. But both these bills, uh, the first one, ITS, it, it, it would pay for and give a timeline for NTIA to come up with a spectrum directory, basically, for the federal government. Um, it, right now, they don't really have one place where everybody in the federal government can see spectrum being used by all the different federal agencies. And this is a way to make that clear and also help the federal government figure out if any of that spectrum can be shared, um, which is more important as uh, we need more spectrum for 5G and there's less unencumbered spectrum to be had. Uh, at the, uh, this was a house Commerce Committee subcommittee, the House Commerce Committee subcommittee hearing. That's a big mouthful. Mark Gibson, Director of Business Development and Spectrum Policy for Coms Comscope, spoke. He's also the regulatory officer of the Ongo Alliance, which he says is uh, has members, implementers, and operators for the development, commercialization, and adoption of LTE and 5G solutions for this country. He talked a lot about the 3.5 uh, Citizens Broadband Radio Service, CBRS, which launched in January 2020. He says there are well over 200,000 CBRS base stations deployed right now. They support distance learning. They enable hospital COVID triage centers. They help farmers achieve 5G connectivity. Those are some of the use cases. He explained that CBRS is shared with several types of incumbent operations, including fixed satellite service, legacy broadband, and the Department of Defense. Spectrum access systems tell CBRS base stations what frequency they can operate on without interfering with incumbents. For the, the naval radar, they, they have to use a different system because for uh, security reasons, you can't know exactly where the ships are with the radar. Those use ESC sensors, environmental sensing capability, which they sense radar operations that occur over 150 miles off the coast. But these sensors are very sensitive to weak signals and susceptible to interference from CBRS base stations. Um, and which that means right now, CBRS devices 25 to 50 miles from an ESC must operate at low power or not at all. All of this is a long way to say that the ONGO Alliance supports the, um, the IIC, the incumbent informing capability, which would be basically the spectrum directory that NTIA has proposed. With it, federal spectrum users could specify a time, duration, location, and operating frequencies. And this information would be provided to the SAS. 
and it would protect the areas as if an ESC sensor had sensed a radar, he testified. Um, he said there's no firm timeline to get it going and there's no funds authorized. So that, that would be a good next step. But uh, basically the ONGO Alliance is supporting these two bills, HR 4990, the ITS Codification Act, and HR 5486, the SMART Act. And with that, we are wrapping up this week's Inside Towers Week in Review. And if you want to see more of our stories, check out our Saturday edition. Because of the upcoming holiday, we will see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.